My Mum Made Me, the show about the wonderful and sometimes the weird ways in which our mums make us who we are today. Hi, it's Paul here. I really hope you're enjoying the show and I'm going to ask you a favour if you are. Please do follow us. If you do, you'll get to hear all of the episodes first and of course it helps with my self-esteem. I'm only joking. Don't forget to rate us. We're currently on 4.9 stars, which is really exciting and every rating makes my mum, Teresa, laugh just a little bit more. Cameron Moyer is someone that I've actually only met fleetingly once, probably about... 15 years ago but he is a very memorable person partly because he's now a rising star Hollywood actor um, he's been in a whole bunch of stuff most recently Black Adam with The Rock um, a series called Englishman in LA he starred alongside Liam Neeson Johnny Knoxville so his star is really rising but I met him um, many many moons ago through a friend of a friend in a club and uh, we had a chat, we had a dance, and that was literally it. We recorded the following episode, actually, twice. The first time because the the sound completely didn't record, and we had to do it again. But what we missed was a beautiful moment when, at the end of the episode, and you'll hear it at the beginning of this episode, Cameron referenced the first time we'd met and uh, and confessed having had a crush on me which was uh, a real surprise and certainly inflated my ego um we're going to do this in a two-parter and part one is really talking about Cameron's relationship with his mum and his sort of the stories his mum has told him about her I guess arrival in London a very um controversial arrival in some respects because she dated a big time London gangster and we hear how that panned out um it didn't end very well but uh, I'll let Cameron tell you the rest of that story and in part two we're going to be hearing more from Cameron about I guess his relationship with his mum through their teenage years and him well not only coming out to her but also hiding older lovers from her quite literally in the closet so Cameron Moyer on this episode of My Mum Made Me. Um, Cameron, <laughs> I, I'm so sorry for um, the last of our sessions. Um, someone obviously forgot to press record. Uh, that person's now been sacked. It's just one of my other personalities, basically. Not but I thought, you know, what an excuse to spend some more time with you again today. <laughs> yes, we lost such a beautiful moment where I told you in the past that I had a crush on you. And I said it wasn't a past because I have a partner, but you blushed and it was just so, so cute. I'm still <laughs> blushing. I'm still blushing. Um, it was very cute. I, I actually, funny enough, I went um, home that night. I don't know why I just said that because obviously everyone goes home at night. But anyway, I went home that night and I, I have to say, Cameron, I boasted um oh. to my housemate and my partner um and uh they they both said congratulations i think uh that's a great response i'm gonna take that yes cameron um beautiful rising star bi-coastal actor is is that is that how you want to be described a bi-coastal actor I mean, I'm not as bi-coastal as I want to be, but my manager is in Los Angeles. Uh, oh. so, and I have an audition right now for uh, a 
I guess I can just say it because I don't know when this gets released. Whatever, I'm going to say it. It's a show called Hacks, which is on HBO. So that would be filming in. I know uh, it. Yes. So, yeah, that's, that's it's great. Congratulations. Thank you. It's really fun to be going out for like projects of like that magnitude, so to speak. Mm. So it's really yeah, it's fun and it's a it's a fun one. So we will see, but uh, no pressure, as they say. And just before we start talking about mums uh, and getting into the kind of format of the show, I'm, I'm interested from purely a, a kind of personal curiosity. When it comes to getting a shot at a show like that or a movie like that, um, how much of it comes down to the, you know, the kind of sheer raw talent that you have versus, you know, the mood of the casting director on the day and the kind of other things? Yeah, I wish I, I had that answer. I mean, I think it's, it is ultimately a bit of both. They want the best actor for the role, uh, but at the same time, if someone has more credits or not, this is not from that many projects, but some if they have more social media following or something like that, it might tip the curve either way, but it's... Well, Cameron, um, we're here to talk today about mums, specifically the relationship you have with your mum. And what I do know that I didn't know last time is that there's a very, very interesting story, which we'll get into in a second. Um, what we didn't do last time, which is uh, something that we've introduced to the show, is a very um, poorly uh, kind of conjured up pun called conundrum so it's a portmanteau or mashup of conundrum and mum uh, you kind of get it uh, and i'll tell you what i do it's it's not a very scientific process i literally type in mum into google the word mum and i go to news and then kind of see what's at the top of the um, the news chart Ooh, and cute. invariably it's like a, a british celebrity or an american celebrity or whatever today however um it's not now the reason i sort of do this is i'll read you a little snippet of this um article because they're always tabloid articles and they're always just so weird and bizarre um and i want to get your reaction about it so the, the headline is mom in relationship with george ezra almost conned out of £5,000 by Catfish. So there's this wonderful 51-year-old uh, woman who's appeared on uh, Phil and Holly, the ITV talk show. She revealed an innocent post on George Ezra's Facebook page led to a series of lies and betrayal from an imposter. And the story goes something like this. Mm -hmm. A mom who thought she was in a relationship with George Ezra I mean, I think that kind of gives it all away at the beginning, was almost conned out of thousands of pounds. Helen appeared on this morning and detailed her horrifying account of catfishing to hosts Holly and Phil. Um, and I think the story goes that she um, uh, sort of posted on a social media on George Ezra's page, um, said catfish, started complimenting uh, her kind of back, posing as George Ezra. She then received a friend request from an account purportedly to be George Ezra. Um, now, the article does say, and I think this is so British tabloid, Helen, who has been divorced for eight years, was saved from sending over £5,000 after her daughter grew suspicious of the relationship and took the story to Catfish UK. Holly, 41, asked if it was weird she had spoken to George on the phone, with Helen saying she once tried to call him, but he blocked it, saying he was in the studio all day. Now, I'll leave the tabloid story there. Um... Do you? I guess the most obvious question. I love it. Any any sympathy for for Helen? Yes, yes, absolutely. She's vulnerable. She wants love, and 
that story reminded me of my friend Daria, who was newly single and on the apps. And she was like, look at this hot guy. And I was like, oh my God, he's beautiful, but he's not real. And she was like, what? I'm like, that's not a real guy. Sorry, that's a, that's a catfish. And just some, some people aren't as clued in, you know? Uh, so yes. Uh, and it seems like she acted pretty quickly, actually. I, I've, I've heard worse. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. You've heard, you've heard, I'm intrigued to know what words you've heard, but I'm more intrigued, Cameron. Uh, let, let's paint ourselves like a little hypothetical situation and I'll ask myself, I'll answer the same question as well. Yeah. Um, what level of, um, I guess, person in the public eye that you kind of have a crush on or sort of fancy, whatever, would, um, you, would, would kind of get in contact with you where the Ooh. level of your surprise would outweigh the level of your suspicion and you might actually for a second believe it was them. Oh, God. Okay. Uh, I have to just tell you a story which basically lines up very beautifully with this. I dated a guy not too long ago, like uh, two years ago, and uh, he told me that Carrie Bradshaw, a.k.a. Sarah Jessica Parker, was uh, considering me for the new the new series, and he showed me the text messages. No, he's he's he texted me the text message exchange between them, and something in my soul knew it wasn't true, but I wanted to believe it so so badly. So, and, and that was the person. I mean, Sarah Jessica Parker, uh, please hit me up. Like, and it, so he, you know, I immediately called my friend Joanna, and I was like, it just. It's just too good to be true. Like something like they, they have something for me. And I was like, mm, I just, I don't, it just didn't feel right. Lo and behold, he, he was lying. I, I mean, he was lying about a lot of things. It was, uh, Oh my actually, God. Yeah. I mean, I probably shouldn't even tell the story because I don't want to put any bad juju out there. But, uh, my answer is Sarah Jessica Parker. Yes. Wow. I, I don't want to ask too prying a question, but I will just ask this. Like, that takes a lot of um, chutzpah, would be the nice way of putting it, but a lot of, um, uh, I guess, you know, bad kind of ill feelings to lie so systematically to someone, right? Yeah, it was fascinating. I think it was a really uh, convincing himself that it was the truth, because I think he really had met her once at a party and just embellished. Oh. But uh, there was... Do you want to hear one other part of the, the craziness? Yes, please, God. He kept on telling me, we went to the store. It was just cause. It was just cause. It wasn't like some, like, it wasn't, you know, Louis Vuitton. And um, there were these cashmere pants. And I was very into the cashmere pants. And he was like, oh, let's, let's go, let's go. And then he was like, you know, I've ordered you those pants. And, you know, a week went by. I was like, I'll play it cool. I'll play it cool. A, a two weeks go by. Where are the, those cashmere pants? And, uh, you know, there's always some excuse oh they're on the way blah 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 and then I, that was the catalyst at the end i was like where are the cashmere pants and uh, <laughs> he this was over facetime and he was i shouldn't tell this story i really shouldn't and he was scrabbling no, around no. on FaceTime being like they're here they're here they're here and and i it, i was it got really sad i was like oh my god i nearly said his name i was like uh let's make up a a, a different name rupert i was like rupert there are no cashmere pants just stop and uh, kind of ended it there. I won't go on to the what happened next. We'll leave that for the next time. Wow. Well, uh, and uh, let, let's hope there's the next time, but not for me, la lack of pressing record. Um, 
And I, I think we've, we've now coined the uh, title of your autobiography. There are no cashmere pants. Yeah, I love that. Yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, I promise to give you my answer. My answer is Grimes. And the, the, it's not because Grimes is super famous. I mean, she's kind of like well-known and she has a weird, weirdly named child. She's but pretty big. I, Elon, I just think if, if you suspended belief and one, there was 1% chance of your future kind of career slash life being orbiting Grimes and being sent to Mars in a Tesla car and yes. all that sort of crazy shit that goes on with it. I'm prepared to be catfished by someone pretending to be Grimes. Please hit me up on the 1% chance that it is actually Grimes. Uh, what would she say? What would, what would get you? I think all she would have to do is type a string of letters and numbers as yes. though she were communicating to me as she would right. be to her child. And I'd be like, it's Grimes. It's actually Grimes. Yeah. And you'd have to figure out, you'd have to decode it and figure something really chill to say, yeah, you, mm, I like it. I like this. My, 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 not, just to finish off on the kind of Grimes note, my favorite fact about Grimes is that she's called Claire. Oh, you just really. No, no offense to Claire's out there, but. It's, you know, if there were, ever were a more kind of middle of the road name, it's it's definitely Claire. I just go to Claire's accessories and I'm thinking about all the piercings <laughs> and stuff. So, um, yeah, she would love that. Yeah, she's probably been there. Well, um, this is a horrible segue from Grimes, who is a mother, to your mother. Now, let's start actually with the story that you told me last time about her moving down to London. Okay, so this this is kind of one of the, the biggest, well, it is one of the biggest stories of my mom's life. And my mom, Maggie, basically, she was kind of, she was young when she moved to London. She was just 18, just on the cusp of 18. And um, she went to London and she worked for the aviation department I know she was a civil servant uh, which I still don't completely understand but she worked for uh, pilots ex-pilots who had to kind of monitor the plane crashes and test airplanes and such so that was her work and she also was doing a bit of modeling on the side uh, I've always kind of embellished this that she was you know a supermodel but for <laughs> uh, art photography a bit of fashion uh her and her sister did twin sister, which we can get back to later, uh, mm -hmm. for Colgate. So kind of fun facts there. So she met this very handsome, swarthy, sexy guy, you know, one of those like leather jackets, long. And uh, he was taking her around London. I think she said kind of Cumberland Place and these, these private members clubs and everyone kind of bowed down to him and really respected him. And she was getting champagne up the wazoo just everywhere they went. And she was so young that she was, she just loved it. It was beautiful. It was just this fun, the kind of intro you want to London nightlife and, and life in general, I guess. Um, and then things started getting a little suspicious because she kind of realized that he was slightly feared. Uh, and <laughs> then, uh, she kind of put two and two together. Her friend was also dating his friend and they kind of realized that he was part of, I'll just say the mob. Uh, he was, you know, he was basically paid to, to shake people up. He was paid, uh, it was called security, you know, these different restaurants or clubs. Mm. And 
basically, I don't want this story to go on forever. She broke up with him. And I don't think she did it in quite a bad way. You know, these days people might just ghost ghost someone and she really just, you know, told him she, she couldn't see him anymore. And the next thing that happens is in her London flat, both doors are broken down. Uh, I think it was about five of them, including him, came in, trashed her, her flat, uh, put literally a machete, or I think it was a machete or a knife to her, her throat. And basically I believe her friend's boyfriend kind of stopped him and calmed, calmed him down enough and they left. So it's funny because I remember last time I told you the story, it was kind of emotional because I always made it this kind of almost funny, like, oh, so wild, Mom dated a mob guy. Um, but really it's, it was really traumatic for her. And only recently when we've, yeah. we've spoken, have I realized it, it was real. It was, it was horrible. It was not a movie because to me, it's like a movie. I'm like, I'm going to write the script. Yeah. Uh, but no, it, this really happened to her. My grandparents were vacationing in Jersey, which spoiler alert is where I'm from. And basically she went there to be with my grandparents and her twin sister had to come with her because they were in, both in fear for their lives because they are they are identical twins and <laughs> so they jersey and they just went there for a couple weeks and she came back to london immediately one of his i know it's such a cheesy word but one of his goons uh started screaming at her at her place of work i think he was driving past and screaming at her and she just knew she couldn't be there anymore so she went right back to jersey and that is where she lived for another 20 years or more more than that sorry like, 30 years, yes. Whew. Wow. Wow. The first time you uh, you told me that story, uh, mm. as you say, I interpreted it as I think you referenced, which was, oh my God, it's so, it's so, it's almost glamorous. Like my mom was nearly killed by a mobster. And then the second time I'm like, oh my God, your mom was nearly killed by a mobster. Yeah. It's terrifying, absolutely terrifying. Slight sort of com comedic aside, but, but I want to return to, um, like, I guess the trauma that that kind of promoted. <laughs> Do you yeah. think that there's an entire community of women um, that have been terrorised by this London mobster who who now live in Jersey? And should your mum put out a little advert in the Jersey Enquirer mm -hmm. to see if there's any more survivors like her? Definitely. The Jersey Post, yes. Well, I mean, she definitely has her, her twin sister who also had to move to Jersey, so Shirley, so that uh, she wouldn't be uh, attacked or whatever. So I think we should do that. Yeah, I mean, it's been a long time, but the Jersey Post, I think they'll do it. <laughs> I mean, I'm no offense to uh, Jersey residents or uh, the esteemed journalist corps of Jersey, but I can't imagine there's that many exciting, you know, riveting stories coming out of the island itself, right? Well, funny you say that. I mean, for the longest time, they tried to push down uh, the the really dark, dark stories because there was a massive boom of tourism in the 70s. So they didn't want the Beast of Jersey story coming out. They didn't want the Jimmy Savills coming out. But Jersey has a dark ass history. There is a, a statue of the devil in these caves that on one side of the, of the ocean where the water comes in and it's called the Devil's Hole. And it's literally Beelzebub. And, uh, you know, Google it. There's probably some crazy history, but I think 
it's wow. also just it has like a, a crazy history of witchcraft. Uh, it's one of the, the highest witchcraft places in the world. So, uh, you know, there's some, Jer- Jersey has plenty to, to uh, report about. And I, I think it's got a little bit better than it used to be. Wow. I mean, I, there's, there's a, a complete hidden and unknown, well, not even hidden, but like unknown history of Jersey. Um, I, I think the Devil's Hole sounds very much like a gay club I've probably been to once or twice. So your mom, you sort of fled, essentially, to Jersey. Absolutely. And in, in my mind, from that point, had this sort of idyllic lifestyle where she kind of met your dad, had kids, um, did, you know, the sort of Jersey dream. How much of what you've just alluded to, the sort of, for want of a better phrase, sort of darker um, underbelly of Jersey touched her life do you think well my mom is a glasgow gal and she's a city gal so jersey was not the place for her she (laughs) she i don't want to say hated it but she she didn't like it what she did like was bringing up me and my brother uh i have a very very loving mother uh and we did become her life and she, she, you know, she did work. She worked at the at an office, you know, administ- administrative work, and that's where she met my dad. So that's a cute, quite cute, meet cute story. Uh, and then she had us, but she always wanted to leave the island, which she did. She eventually she made sure she was going to have her way once me and my brother left. When me and my brother left, she actually got into she got. I I, I hope she wouldn't mind me saying a somewhat of a depression because we really were such a we were her, her life, so to speak. But when we left, she was like, I'm, I'm getting off this island. I'm done. And she did. She is now in Bearsden, Glasgow. That was terrible. Oh, she returned to her roots. Wow. Yes. That's, mm-hmm. I don't know how unusual or, or kind of usual that is, but that's, mm-hmm. that's a huge sort of leap. Mm-hmm. I, I'm kind of intrigued, and maybe you don't know the answer to this, and it may be getting too kind of like, you know, armchair psychologist, but how much of her identity and sense of self is defined by being a Glasgow gal? What I mean by that is that's where she grew up, it's her roots, yada, yada, that sort of stuff. Mm. And how much of a hankering do you think she had for that or perhaps a sense of displacement from that in adult life outside of Glasgow? Yeah, I don't how to answer that. I, I feel she she always felt like a part of her was missing and that ties back to her mother my grandmother and she they were just so close and now that's carried on with me and my my mum she was always on the phone to her practically every day you know and we did visit scotland a lot growing up like uh, twice a year so i'm practically scottish but (laughs) she really felt she yeah she just wasn't she wasn't as happy as she would have been in in Glasgow or London. She's got such an affinity for both. I don't know if that answered your question, but no, it does. Yeah, yeah. And have you have you been to Glasgow recently? Yes, yes. It's I... bougie. It is yeah. bougie. Like they've got all these like fancy new places, Michelin-starred restaurants. Like my partner's sister lives uh, there. She's a pilot. And just has quite a shishi life, I've got to say. And I imagine your mom to have exactly the same sort of uh, existence as well. Yes, she's always busy. She's always, you know, she has her, her cutie, cutesy life in Bear's Den where she's part of a book club. And now I think they're turning the book club also into a movie club. 
uh, and she plays that that game Mahjong, which sounds like quite yeah. old lady game, but uh, I just kind of love that she was uh, doing that. Uh, but she's always, yes, always uh, going out and about, and yeah, 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 yeah. So we we've got a bit more of a picture of your mom. Um, by the way, I can't remember if we've actually referenced her name. Just, I think I said it once. Yes, Maggie. Yes, which originally it is, is Margaret, but she doesn't like Margaret, so it's Maggie. And if you saw her, it is Maggie because she's petite. She has a different color hair every couple months. We're talking the lavenders, the blues, but not in that monstrous way. In that kind of chic almost futuristic, you know, toned down metallics. Uh, and she Ooh. wears a lot of, yeah, she wears a lot of Chanel and Dior, but she'll also wear a ton of vintage with that. And she's, she's not bougie bougie, but she's a little bougie. And yeah, she's really good at styling. I think, you know, we maybe touched on this before that I think she would have gone into fashion. She says she would have liked to fashion or art in some way if she hadn't, move to jersey a bit of a sort of side question do you think mm. people get more um not fashionable but discerning in terms of their taste when it comes to clothes and fashion the older they get because from what you're describing of your mom that was always there right she had a you know a taste for the finer things she dressed well etc etc it sounds like that's flourished um as she's returned to her home and got a bit older Agreed. Yes. I think she now kind of, you know, sews things and onto other things and, and whatnot. And, and she, she is kind of more of a, she's definitely flourished in that and more of an artist, so to speak with her fashion and styling. And, but it, you're right. It was always there, but she doesn't, but she's also aware that she is a, a lady of age, not, you know, a 20 something. So she doesn't kind of, it's never like, sexy sexy it's more she can uh she it's 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 helen mirren yeah oh that's a great okay we like that we like that well i i was planning to ask you this later uh, and it's definitely a question for later in the conversation but we've got to ask it now would helen mirren play your mom in a biopic of her life Ooh, yes i think that's good but it's helen mirren i i know it doesn't really matter with the height but how tall is she i have no idea <laughs> I think we need someone with just a little not that she can't be um, Helen Mirren often plays these like more serious sometimes I feel and Maggie is super warm and super sweet um, and I almost feel like Helena Bonner Carter but mm. if she's happy not when she's playing like depressed and miserable yeah you, do you know what's really funny? I've, I've asked this question to all my guests about, you know, who play your mom in a biopic. And that's the second time. No, I think that's the third time that Helen... I'm so sorry. I nearly said Hell of a Bottom Carter, which is the name of a London drag queen. A oh, great name, by the way, if you're listening. Yes. But anyway, that's the third time that someone said Helena Bonham Carter. Can you guess yes. what the number one choice is for people, um, famous actresses who... I'm just going to go with Judy, Judy Dent. Judy Dench is up there. It's not Judy Dench. What's her name? She just did that film with the guy where she hired a hired a male prostitute for a couple of days in a hotel. Do you know what I'm talking about? Someone's going to know, know exactly what I'm talking, who you're talking about. about. Oh god, I can't remember her name. Ah, oh, 
Do you know what? Let's actually take a, a second to look this up because I am intrigued now. Um, what should we Google? Oh. Uh, movie, woman, prostitute, hotel. Oh, my God. Uh, oh, is it? Hold on a second. Uh, I, well, it's. I'll tell you what it's come up with. It's come up with um, Pretty Woman. So oh. it's obviously not that. No. Um, but the, the top answer, yeah. funnily enough, is Maggie Smith. Oh. Can you imagine? Mm. Uh, I don't think that's be... a compliment. But she's she's quite old. Yeah. yeah. Maybe maybe I'm talking to people of a certain... Whose parents are of a certain but, age. But we're talking Downton Abbey, right? Yeah, down, down, well, if not that era of Maggie, Ab uh, Maggie Abbey. <laughs> Maggie Smith. Maggie then Maggie her. Abbey. Uh, that that would be uh, that's an intense mother yeah i don't know i i think i said helena i'm just gonna say bottom carter because she she's like she feels she's got the the dark hair and she looks more like my mother but now i'm i'm offended that i've given the same answer as other people so that's a wrap for part one of this two-part episode on cameron moyer in part two, uh, which will be coming out very soon, we're going to be hearing more from Cameron about how he hid his older lovers from his mum when he was a, a wee boy. Well, a teenager. He's got a lot of funny stories uh, about quite literally hiding them in the closet. But we're also going to kind of explore his mum now and her kind of later years, her move back to Glasgow and the, the sort of the person she's become. We are on social media. How exciting. You can find us on Instagram at My Mum Made Me Pod. You'll get us on Facebook at My Mum Made Me, Twitter at Mum Made Me, and even TikTok at My Mum Made Me. Why follow us on socials? Well, you're going to get extra bits from the show. You're going to be able to see our guests on video and, of course, watch their reactions to my mum's lovely and sometimes a little bit weird voice notes. So give us a like and a follow.